Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. We've been talking about Trump and the indictment and the mugshot and all of that. Um, I do want to uh, pivot, though, to get to talk about uh, Twitter has now uh, officially joined the censorship regime. We'll get to that uh, in a in a bit. Let me get Jason on. He called in here uh, regarding the last uh, hour's discussion or so. Jason, welcome to the program. How are you? Yeah, I think they already took his mugshot because if you've, if you've looked at his presidential photograph that they, they do every when, for the president, that looks like a mugshot to me. So he can only do better on, on his next go around this time, I think. He's already had his mugshot? Yeah, the, the, if you look up the presidential portrait that they took of him, <laughs> it, he looks very angry. Oh, it's, well, not, yeah. it's not. So, all right, all right, so that, well, he always has that, that, yeah, that, that disposition that, like, yeah, yeah, scowl. like a scowl and a furrowed brow and I just, and the jaw kind of stuck out. And so, do you think he yeah. goes that route for the mugshot or do you think he does no, the, no. the Rick Perry uh, smiling, hey, look at this? It's all just a I joke. He'll probably just get really high and go in there. He'll get really high. That's what I think. Why not? Oh, because he I, he doesn't get high. Oh. Do you think he get he? Yeah, he's like a teetotaler. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do anything like that because his uh, older oh. brother died. He, he's the devil, isn't he? Or he's no? he's is he the devil or a devil? He's the devil. He's the, the devil. devil him, the devil himself. I thought, isn't he? I. Would that? Why would that? Do, why would that? Why would that dictate whether he smiles or not for the camera? I'm so confused. Uh, uh, yes, it does seem like that. Uh, Jason, I appreciate the call. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Look, my question, like, I don't know. Like, I, I guess maybe we should maybe we should just open this up and take a survey here. Does he smile or scowl? Ser- serious or smiling? Like, what do you think? If you got to play this, like you're going in, you know you're going to get mugshotted, and you know it's going to get released. Of course it will be, even if it's a protected document, which I don't know if they are or are not up in the state of New York. Even if they are protected documents, not public information, you know someone's going to leak it out, and so then they'll get copies of it, and it'll be everywhere. So you got to think ahead. Okay? What kind of what kind of mugshot do you want this to be? Because you're only going to get one shot at it, right? This is like DMV. And they're not trying to make you look pretty. So you got to go in there. You got to have a plan. So when you go up in front of the camera, are you going to go El Duce? Are you going to go like jaw out, you know, furrowed brow, look around, maybe tilt the head a little bit? Do you go that route? Or do you do the smiling Rick Perry, Tom DeLay approach? The, the Kid Rock approach? Like this is all just a joke. You guys are ridiculous. You're, so you 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 mock their mockery of a system. I don't know, man. I don't know which way I would play it if I was Trump. I think he's going to go serious. I think he's going to do the pursed lips, a little bit of a frown, furrowed brow, you know, mm. like disapproving, looking down, disapproving. I think that's the route he's going to go with his mugshot. Either way, either way, it needs to be on 
all of the merchandise. I mean, yes, it'll be very hurtful to his family, particularly Melania, right? Because every time she sees the mugshot, she's going to know what that's about, and it's a reminder that, yeah, he, he had an affair. I mean, that's the allegation, right? That's why the hush money got paid. Now, whether or not... See, here's the other thing to, to, to consider, and I talked about this last week. We don't actually know if he did have the affair or not because people at his station, you know, at his level in the uh, entertainment world and such, when you get to be that rich and powerful, you pay people to make them go away. People make accusations and you pay them to shut up, sign a non-disclosure agreement, Make them go away, and now it's over. And so that's just sort of built into like the budget. It's cost of doing business. To me, it's abhorrent. I, I it's one of the many reasons why uh, I have not become you know very rich and powerful and famous uh, because I just don't want to have to deal with that. That's it's intentional. So, uh, <laughs> but the the cost of doing business is is built into the budget, and so I, I to some degree. I have to hold out this potential. I got to keep it in mind that maybe nothing happened at all. And he's just paying her to go away. And she's just filing this, you know, uh, complaint or this potential lawsuit in order to try to squeeze him to, or, you know, to juice him for cash. And, uh, and that's why they paid her off. And that's why the lawyer recommends Michael Cohen recommends just pay her off. Just make her go away. That's possible. Do I believe that? No, I totally believe he slept with her. Um, either way, paying her off, paying hush money. Again, the left set the standard, John Edwards and the standard. You don't care. You don't care if politicians take money and pay off, uh, women who slept with the politician. You don't care. And in John Edwards case, it was an even, I mean, it was an even brighter line of malfeasance. He literally took money from a donor, Bunny Mellon, and turned around and, and used it to pay off the uh, uh, the mother of his uh, illegitimate child, Riel Hunter, uh, pays off Riel. And, and then he blames Andrew Young, his campaign manager, says it was him that, that knocked up Riel Hunter, right? That was a, like lied about that, too. Blame that guy. Put his marriage at risk. And then the, the House of Cards all comes crashing down. But, of course, the jury can't convict. So that's our standard now. So it's okay to do that. It's okay to do that. And with Donald Trump, it was his own money. It wasn't even money from a, uh, from a donor. It was his own money. Missy, welcome to the program. Hello, Missy. Hello. How are you? Hey, I'm good. What's going on? Good. I've just been listening, and it makes me so sad because the propaganda is so strong with a lot of people, because, you know, if I watched their news source exclusively, I would dislike Donald Trump, too. But you really have to step out of the programming and do some independent research, and and you'd find that he's actually a good guy. And (laughs) the guy calling about morals, you know, does he not know that Trump's a lifelong Democrat, that he only ran as Mm-hmm. President as a Republican, you know, for the first time. So that that's that's kind yeah, of right. I, I, and I uh, I actually cited that in 2016 as a reason to not support Donald Trump 
because he's <laughs> yeah because he he's a lifelong Democrat. Lifelong Democrat, right? Um, but you know, I didn't know that when he ran for president. But I, you know, you find things out along mm-hmm. the way if you try. But you know, to say he hates America is laughable, and to say that he's trying to destroy America is is more insane because you can look at what he's done. You know, you don't have to like the man, but we were never more prosperous than when he was in office. The gas prices were never lower. My eggs didn't cost but two dollars and something. Um, you know. And and to say it was all about him, he didn't take a salary. He donated $400,000 a year to charity for four years. He's the only man that lost net worth in office. Everybody else has come out rich. He's come out, you know, he's still rich, but he lost money. And the Abraham Accords and all the things that he's done, people just don't, don't listen. They listen to CNN. And that's why people hate him in the news, because he was a Democrat. He knows their dirty secrets. He knows their dirty laundry. And they can't buy him. They can't buy him to be quiet. So they're scared of him. So that's my take on Trump. And I hope he comes back. Right. So, but, you know, so you know, do you do think on morals? Let's not forget Lewinsky and Bill Jones. Bill Clinton paid off Paula Jones mm-hmm. $850,000. Mm-hmm. Nobody said anything. Yeah. Well, well no, no. Republicans said something. Conservatives yeah, I mean, said something, right? There, there were a lot of people saying something about that, but we did not, yeah. we did not carry the day. No, nothing happens. Nobody right. cares. Right. The the left doesn't yeah. care, and so now a lot of the Trump supporters don't care either, and so they right. will, they will, right. they will vote for a debased person as well. And what you said about the left dragging us towards the left as far as morals go, and don't forget the liberals took God out of everything. So you looking for morals, you took it out. Yeah, that was in two Corinthians, I believe. No. All right, uh, yeah, Missy. Yeah, I appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, like this. This was my argument against Trump from the uh, 2016 race. (laughs) He's not a conservative. Um. And uh, and look, you can look at politics transactionally. I think Trump does, and. Yeah, this is the, there is a realignment occurring inside the political parties inside of America right now, right? That's what's happening. It takes a long time for it to unfold, but that's what's happening. There's a realignment, and the parties don't know yet what they want to be. I take it back. The Democrats, they definitely know they want to be crazy. That is, that is obvious. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Dean, welcome to the show. Hello, Dean. Hi, Pete. Hello. Yeah, we, I, I think everybody enjoys listening to you. So uh, well, thanks. It's, uh, it's always very entertaining. I had a question. You always about- have a question, Dean. Yes. You you were saying about Trump and uh, hush money and everything, and I was thinking yeah. that's terrible to pay somebody to not tell the truth and that, but then you just... You're not paying somebody, someone not to tell the truth, Dean. You're paying them not, not to, to say, say anything. anything. Right. Well, if you get a question... Okay, so 
um, not saying that you saw a robbery isn't really bad. No, there's no crime involved here. Okay. It's different. It's not a crime. And and, and uh, you file this cool. under, Madam, we have already determined what you are. Now we are just haggling over price. Okay. Right? That's so what's occurring you, here, right? Like, literally, that's what's occurring here. Yeah, but if somebody, I, I guess if you decline to answer, you can take the Fifth Amendment, I guess, and that, but not even if it imp- implicates you. So, but then, then you said, too, that some high-profile personalities just pay to, yeah. to you know, get people go away. Correct. And, and that just... I mean, I thought you were just talking directly to me. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. Right. So like a page out of your own biography. Would you pay me not to ever call again? or No. I would not pay you not to call. Wait, wait, hang on. Let me consider this. Wait a I'm being told I should at least consider the, the, this request. What is, oh. how, much, how much would it cost for you to go away? Huh. Uh I don't know. I, I really don't know how irritating I am, to be honest. I don't either. Uh, so, all right, so we, we have a we have a problem determining the value here. Well, throw a number out there. Just you may you know write it down on a piece of paper and just like slide it across the table to me, and uh, and we'll see how far apart we are. All right, how about this? Uh, uh, all right, I'm going to say. All right, okay. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to say it on you know, right, on the. No, yeah, I right. don't think it's for. Uh, airtime. No, I, no, I, no, no, Dean. I think this is very valuable. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to count. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to say one, two, three, go. And when I say one, two, three, go, right? We're both going to say a number. All right. We're oh, both going to say oh. a number that would then say you can't call in if you if I pay you this amount of money, then you will ne- you can't and you can never call back again. All right. So think of a okay. number. Okay. One, two, three. Ten dollars. Seventy-four ninety-nine. I said ten dollars. <laughs> well, we're close. We're, we're not that far apart. No, honestly. no. I thought. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Seventy-four. Wait. Are you saying seven thousand five hundred? Are you saying like seventy-five dollars? Seventy-four ninety-nine. Seventy-four dollars and ninety-nine cents. Oh, I thought yeah. that was like that's what. Uh, that's reasonable. That's a good hook. Yeah, that's okay. no. I'd say that's reasonable. It's less than seventy-five dollars. Yeah. Just barely. Yeah. yeah. It made you think, can I say something about Trump? Do I still have a second or not? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I haven't paid I, you I yet. Think, I, I do think Trump did a lot of good things, and he really did a whole lot of uh, things for the country that hasn't been, haven't been done in a long time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that, to me, I can't divorce his temperament or his personality or his ethics from, you know, tr- when I think of him down the road. And I, I have this feeling, uh, is he going to be best for the country, or are we, like, selling our souls to the devil? And, you know, what, what made him good is going to put him over the edge. So I think part of the problem with Trump is that uh, what makes him likable among his supporters is what makes him so hated among his detractors, right? And mm-hmm. so that sort of... that. Uh, that pugnaciousness, the willingness to fight, the you know the the rough around the edges, not a politician kind of thing, uh, the that that personality um, is what excites his his followers, and it's what irritates his opponents. And so, 
whether or not the thing he is embarking upon in any given moment is good for the country or not. And by the way, everything that he did has not been great for the country. I mean, do people remember the whole COVID lockdown situation? People remember the deference to Fauci and Burks, and people remember all of the spending, the runaway spending that occurred. People uh, remember uh, the endorsement of Paul Ryan that basically blocked his entire agenda, right? So there are a lot of things that Trump did not get right. There are things that he did get right, making NATO countries pay more money. Uh, Missy mm-hmm. mentioned the the uh, the Abraham Accords, right? Like th- there are things he did well and things he did not do well. Things he got right and things he didn't. But the thing about Trump is that he is exhausting. He is just as, as you know from a from a news cycle perspective, he is exhausting. And part of that is his fault, and part of it is just him being him. And his detractors hate him so much, and so they focus so much on that. And that then speaks to, is it good for the country? Two different ideas on this, though. See, this is why I get, people get annoyed with me, is because I can see these different angles, is that, okay, is it good for the country? Well, some might say, no, it's not good for the country to be in this perpetual state of exhausted fighting, right? But on the other mm-hmm. hand, if you don't fight, then what's the alternative? Just surrender, and then the left gets to dictate more they get to dictate the terms they get to just uh you know run the republicans as a controlled opposition party no like that's not acceptable either this is the fight and it has to be had and we know it's exhausting but this is how uh, this is the time to do it so yeah and i and i can't tell you i can't tell you what that's going to look like because there are things about trump that do concern me when it comes to like his focus on self they same thing concern me with obama right the jokes about Obama and how he would say the word I thousands of times in his speeches, you know, very self-absorbed. Um, I just wonder if Trump just likes, you know, you like Trump because he's doing something for you. You know, and that's why he likes you. And right. Well, we'll see how it all plays out. Oh, absolutely. And Trump has made no bones about it. There is you know, loyalty with Donald Trump goes one direction. Mick Mulvaney says that mm-hmm. his former chief of staff has said that. It goes one direction. If you can't see that by now, you're blind, right? That, that Trump Trump requires loyalty from you. He does not give it back to you necessarily, right? And if there's any sign whatsoever that you are disloyal at any kind of level, then, you know, it's scorched earth. But you can get back in his good graces. Look at Lindsey Graham, you know? Uh, Dean, I, I do appreciate the call. All right, I'll, all right, maybe $15. I'll pay you $15. 15 I don't know, 75 that's kind of steep on a radio guy's salary. This is a message from Dan, who says, um, Pete, some advice to that previous caller, Jason. Jason, put the pipe down. Dan, you are not the only one to make this connection. (laughs) Uh, Ikifu said that uh, Jason sounds high sort of like confession by projection <laughs> when he said maybe Trump was high. Get high, man. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's a projection thing going on there. I don't know. Um, Chris says that Donald Trump should ham it up for his uh, mugshot. I want him to go full Corey Haim from his DMV picture in License to Drive. <laughs> and um, Pete, uh, that's what uh, you paying a prostitute to go away and not talk. Uh, so that's what Trump was indicted for, right? Well, it was on. It was where the money came from and went. This is the right. So there's this this one argument in connection to this is that um, it was a misdemeanor 
to uh, to pay this off using like money from a business, right? Like this is a New York State law, and it was for business purposes, and it was run through the Trump Organization, and it was called legal fees, and it wasn't legal fees, and it was run through, and so it was filing a false business report. The problem is that statute of limitations has expired, and so they can't prosecute him under that. It's only a misdemeanor anyway. The other uh, connected uh, connection then is that you then argue that this is a violation of federal election campaign finance law because it was something that was done for the benefit of the campaign. The problem is the reading of the law doesn't square with this because, yes, it, you know, expenditures can be seen as something that is of benefit to the campaign, but it has to be something that would not otherwise be of any other benefit. In other words, if I get a haircut, I'm going to get a haircut anyway. It doesn't matter. Like, But for the campaign, would I have this expense? And no, he would still be paying off the porn star, right? He's still going to pay her off. Unless you're going to try to argue that he would not pay her off. Right? Unless you're going to say that Donald Trump doesn't care and he would not pay her off but for the campaign. But even so, even so, Michael Cohen arranged for this to occur, paid for it, right? He took out a mortgage on his house, right? Paid Stormy Daniels off and then went to the Trump organization and got repaid. And then when he gets indicted for perjury and gets convicted, now he wants Trump to pay too. So now he's going to try to take Trump down also. Remember Michael Cohen, longtime Democrat, sleazeball lawyer, because Trump surrounds himself with only the best people. So you got Cohen saying, give me this money and Trump paying him off. Is that is that illegal? He said it was legal fees. And what Trump argued and will argue because his lawyer has now that he was just doing what the lawyer advised him to do. So, like, again, all of this is speculation and that is all by design because this is how the left attacks anybody, but Donald Trump specifically. We have a track record of now six years where it is, you know, secret accusation. No, you don't get to look at the source material. But when the source material eventually comes out, we find out, oh, your allegations weren't true. I have talked about this for years. The joke of, you know, the walls closing in. Well, it must be a really, really big room. It is the biggest room ever seen in the universe because the walls have been closing since Donald Trump came down the golden escalator, right? All right, tell me get Jimmy on. Hello, Jimmy. Welcome to the show. Hey there, Pete. Hey, what's up? You know, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm confused. Should, should we they we want him convicted or they let him go? You know, he, he makes great decisions on one end, and he makes some sorry decisions, like you said about him endorsing Paul Ryan. And he, he does not just endorse Paul Ryan. He, he endorsed Mitch McConnell. Yep. He endorsed uh, uh, Mick Romney. You know, and, and Lindsey. All these people hate him. <laughs> yeah. So so what is that? All right, so what what is the lesson? What is the what is the reason maybe for this? We him, maybe we want him convicted. And no. Maybe, you know, if, if they handle it, and, and, you know, maybe we'll get a DeSantos or something like that. And, you know, Trump could still be in the game. He just can't be at that part of the game. 
I don't even think if he's convicted, if that prevents him from actually being pre- being president. He can he can still be president. I guess, but sometimes he, you know, he's breathing on one end and he's he's dumb on the next. So, all right. So again, so why is that? I would submit it is because Donald Trump is transactional. Donald Trump makes deals, right? That's this is what I believe explains the disparity in brilliance, right? Why on the one hand is he making these terrible decisions? On the other hand, he makes these great decisions. It's because he's transactional. And if you love Donald Trump and you're in his orbit and you, Jimmy, going like, hey, Donald, I got a a great idea. This is a great deal. And because you like him, you're presenting him with a good deal, right? And he signs off on it because it's a good transaction for him. Then he has a good deal and it makes him look brilliant. But if I also work in Trump world in his orbit and I come forward with a deal that may not be great for him, but is good for me, good for some other people, good for the party, good for something else. But I convince him to sign it. He signs it because it's just a transaction for him. This is why I said you know, he's not a movement conservative. He isn't steeped in the principles of conservatism. He doesn't know the ins and outs of the philosophy and the ideas that animate uh, the policy. And that makes him, I think, open to be abused like this, which which he was. He doesn't know. He, he like when he was asked about the abortion question, he said, yeah, we should throw in. We should throw women in jail when they get abortions. Remember that? Like pro-lifers don't even say that. Pro-life people aren't even saying incarcerate women who get pregnant and then have abortions. They're saying go after the abortion providers. But Donald Trump didn't know that because he's not steeped in politics and that's one of the reasons a lot of people like him by the way you know well jimmy i appreciate the call buddy uh thank you yeah it's uh it is one of the it's one of the um the things that perplex me i also think that he is um i also think he's a, a narcissist and so everything is about him and so he filters all of these um all the decisions through what he wants and what's best for him and I heard somebody uh, up in the D.C. circuit, I, w- I don't remember who, even if I did, I think I promised them anonymity, but basically it's the, uh, it's the last person that talks to him before he walks out on stage. So if you get in his ear and you're able to say something to him and he agrees to it, he'll go out on stage and say it. And that's why sometimes he then reverses course. And it's why I've said from the beginning, like, guys, everything he says comes with an expiration date which is the period at the end of the sentence. <laughs> you, you, you don't know. You can't trust it. He will flip on anything, almost anything. He'll flip on it, right? I mean, from endorsements to who you like, who you don't. I mean, if there is a personification of this principle, it is Lindsey Graham. Senator Lindsey Graham, golfing buddy of Donald Trump. How does that happen after the 2016 primary race? Right? The things that they said about each other, and maybe you're like, oh, that's fine. You know, we just put it aside. That's just politics. That's transactional. Right? That's what that tells me. Transactional. What can you give me? And what does it cost me to give it to you? And I think they both approach politics the same way. And it's fine if that's what you want. That's what I mean. That's how Democrats approach a lot of politics. Yeah, but 
That's fine. That's just not. But it, the, the problem is then trying to figure out what the guy might do when presented with different circumstances, because if it's just transactional, you don't know what the best deal he's going to be offered at any given moment is going to be. So it's hard, you know, it's hard to make a determination as to whether or not I should support the guy. All right. Now, given the state of affairs in our country and the world, are you asking yourself whether you're prepared for an emergency? I actually get asked this a lot. My answer, start at Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies, the full line of Augustine Farms and Mountain House Foods, books, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, camping and hiking supplies. Being prepared is just smart. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing or somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. In Waynesville and online at carolinareadiness.com, get tickets to the Heritage Life Skills event also. Make a day trip to the mountains and return home fully prepared. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? This week, Twitter sided with the censorship regime at the behest of the transgender movement. The platform banned reputable journalists, a sitting member of Congress, as well as the Federalist CEO, Sean Davis, for factually reporting on the Trans Day of Vengeance, which was originally scheduled to take place Saturday, just days after the transgender shooter murdered six people at a Christian school. Again, the real victims, the transgender community. Twitter also locked the New York Post out of its account Thursday for reporting a story covering the company's censorship of the Trans Day of Vengeance protest. That's a move similar to the platform censorship of the Post's Hunter Biden laptop story, right? So much for Elon Musk's new reign. For several days, the innocent people reporting on the Trans Day of Vengeance were smeared by Twitter for allegedly engaging in violent speech. And they were told that they would only be reinstated if they submitted to the Orwellian re-education exercise of manually deleting their tweets and admitting that they violated Twitter rules. And that has always been the case, by the way. That's how you get, that's how you get your account unlocked. You have to say, I'm sorry. Oh, I posted something that was inappropriate. I'll take it down. Twitter's head of trust and safety, Ella Irwin, claimed that the bannings were meant to hide the dangerous Trans Day of Vengeance event planning. But do we really believe that? Twitter, along with the corporate press and government and political left, want to hide the correlation between the radical transgender ideology and the horrific murders that occurred on Monday. For example, right, all of the media, all about respecting the murderer's preferred pronouns. Instead of focusing on the murdered kids, the emphasis has been on the marginalized trans community. When second, or sorry, when anti-Second Amendment activists stormed the Tennessee Capitol, they held up seven fingers. You know why? For the seven victims. Yeah, there were six victims. One was the murderer. But they're counting seven. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said, our hearts go out to the trans community who is under attack right now. Not the murdered Christians. NBC ran a headline titled, quote, Fear pervades Tennessee's trans community amid focus on Nashville shooters' gender identity. See, the, when the scandal involves a Democrat, the story is the Republican reaction to the scandal. Right? Same principle it pl- uh, applies here. Top executives at CBS News forbade their staff from using the word transgender when reporting on the Nashville shooter. Also relevant to the story is the shooter's manifesto, but the FBI and Nashville law enforcement 
which is under the purview of Nashville's left-wing mayor, are hiding it from the public. Twitter's chief of safety, this woman Irwin, she lied to users about the types of people and posts that were censored. Sean Davis from The Federalist did not share scheduling information, let alone the infamous poster, the Trans Day of Vengeance poster. He stated the facts and shared a link to a news story from The Daily Wire. Also troubling, a study published by the Media Research Center found that since Elon Musk took over, Twitter has become more oppressive and hostile to free speech. Notably, an astounding 62% of the censorship cases under Musk-owned Twitter involved tweets critical of transgenderism. That's what's being targeted under the Musk regime. Let me uh, get over here, get Kirk on. Hello, Kirk, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, good afternoon. I saw Doug Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google. I have the tapes of Trump admit he bribed Russia $8 million, but he put me in jail so you can't hear the tapes. He says, I spent $8 million on the war, George Bush spent trillions. It matches what's coming up in my digital recordings. He says, you can't have those two items unless you get out. There's two digital recordings I have hidden away from him. He says every six months he's going to make... What are you reading to me, Kirk? Kirk, Kirk, what are you reading to me? Kirk, what? Kirk! Kirk! All right, Kirk. Kirk doesn't get to participate anymore. Kirk is on the banned list. It's almost like he said something about transgenderism on Twitter. Um, no, you don't get to call in and read to me whatever... I don't even know what you were reading to me. I'm assuming he did not read that to you, Bernie. No, of course not. See, so Kirk lies to Bernie, the call screener and also our resident millennial. He lies to Bernie. And who lies to Bernie? Okay. Yeah, Tommy does. That's fair. <laughs> Tommy lies to Bernie. Okay, I lie to Bernie too. But that is not the point of this question. The point here is that Kirk lies to Bernie and in order to get on the air to then recite to me something, in which, by the way, this is, this is something I have learned in recent years. I never appreciated my own talent for being able to read something and have it sound like I'm not reading. For example, for the like this entire phone call with Kirk, I've been reading from a script. The entire phone call. It doesn't even sound like it. Um, but this is like I realize that there are a lot of people when they read stuff, it doesn't sound good when they read. And um, it sounds like you're reading. Kirk sounded like he was reading and it didn't do a good job of it. So if you're really good at reading out loud, then I would be more open to this. I think. But if you but if you stink at it? No. You don't get to read me a transcript of something else whatever I don't even know what it was I was listening to. Which is not good radio, Kirk. Not good radio. So Kirk doesn't get to participate any longer. I don't I just don't trust him behind the wheel of this machine. All right. Stick around. Brett Winterbill coming up next. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Thank <laughs> you.